this morning, we just want to talk about um, the same thing that we've really been talking about is we want to understand the depths to which the Bible describes as the way to God's heart as Jesus himself describes it. Many people in the body of Christ believe that the key to God's heart is humility or perseverance or even faith. And while all of those attributes play a vital role in the Christian life, today's passage reveals to us without a doubt that the key to God's heart is obedience. obedience. And no matter what anyone says, we can't get away from obedience. And there's a lot of people trying (laughs) to get us away from obedience. You know, we were watching a video of someone the other day, and I won't just say their name, but we was watching a video of someone, and they were really basically saying that, hey, you can be a Christian, uh, and, and and just because you cuss and drink and, and start naming all these things, this doesn't mean you don't love God. It's like that is antithetical to loving God, because God tells us certain things we are to do and not to do. And so it doesn't matter that society changes. It doesn't matter that the cultural norms change. What God has said is, is timeless. And if God says that, that we're supposed to behave a certain way, we're supposed to refrain from certain things, if we're supposed to engage in certain things, not to do that because culture has changed is to make culture your God. Is to make culture your God. And unfortunately for a lot of believers, culture is their God. It is. It is their God. It's what's popular. The truth of it is. It's what's allowable. It's what's What can a- I get away with? What can I get? What do I feel like mm-hmm. doing? I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to, you know, it doesn't matter if I curse. It doesn't matter if I fornicate. It doesn't matter if I steal time from my I don't job. Want, I don't want to do something that I like and then feel bad about it. So then I'm just going to justify it. So that way I don't have to feel bad about it. But that goes against the whole idea of what Jesus told us in the very first scripture that we read when we started this series was that, hey, if you obey my commandments, you'll stay in my love. And if you stay in my love, then you're going to be just like me because I obey the Father and I stay in his love. Absolutely. And the truth of it is, is that if you read, we're not going to read the whole thing, but if you read John 15, 16, and 17, which is Jesus talking, which is New Testament, you cannot get any other thing except that God says, I measure whether you love me or not by whether you keep my commandments. And, you know, I think it is such a tragedy that in order to try to make Christianity seeker friendly, that basically we water down the standard of what God desires. So we have people all over the world who are saying that they are Christians, but they don't actually follow Christ. Jesus asked that question. He says, man, why do y'all keep calling me Lord, Lord? And you he don't, said, but do, you don't what do what I say. He says, I'm confused by your language. You call me Lord, yet you don't obey. He says, how does that compute? How does that compute? It's like, I'm your wife, right? right. But I don't come home at night. I got three boyfriends, all of this different stuff. Why would you say, why would I be saying I'm your wife when I don't act like a wife? But then you look at our society and that's well, exactly where we're going. That's, that's exactly, exactly where, where we're, we're going. Hitting. It's what's become popular. It's what, it, you know, you, you, you've got whole videos and, and, and whole segments of a population where we're, we're swinging and swapping and all of those things are now just just normal for people. Why? Because we are allowing society to be our God rather than God to be our God. Amen. Say, oh, come on, go ahead and say that. Say, says, culture cannot be my God. Culture cannot be my God. Culture cannot be my culture God. Culture is a poor God. Culture <laughs> is a poor God. Yes. It is so filthy.
fickle. Yes. It is so flexible. I'm flexible. It is so fluid and it is so dangerous. Yes. It is dangerous for culture to be your God. And let me tell you something else, um, which isn't in our notes, but I think it goes along with what we're saying. That what happens is, is that when we begin to water down God mm -hmm. so we don't have to feel bad, what it creates is people who live in sin and don't repent. Yeah, and, and especially when we do it and then we go out and make new converts and then we teach new converts that there's not a standard, then what happens is people don't know that there's a standard and they don't know that what they're doing is disappointing to God. And what we do is we try to do that saying, well, we want to get more people in the kingdom, but getting people in the kingdom and not going through the king is, is not, is not, is not relevant. <laughs> we can't just bring people into the kingdom, but don't bring them through the king. And, and which is why we've been talking about this is that it's so bothersome to us that, that Christians would say there's more than one way to yes. God. It is not bothersome to us it's that not. the world no, says no, it. No. It is not. It is. I, I expect the world to say that. I expect someone who doesn't know Jesus. I expect someone who has not encountered him. But when Bible believing Christians say, well, there, there's, there's probably multiple ways to God. Jesus isn't the only way. Then you disqualify us, in my opinion, as being a true believer. Agreed. Because Jesus himself says in John I am the 14, way, I'm the way. The truth. The truth. And the life. And the life. No light. man comes to the Father except through me. And so you're we're we're so busy trying to be culturally appropriate that we don't even care that our deception is sending other people to hell. Mm -hmm. And even if, and this is what I've been saying. I don't care whether your definition of hell is fire and brimstone or just separated from God. They both bad. And you shouldn't want either. And you shouldn't, <laughs> you want, shouldn't either. want either. So forget the fact that you're like, well, my theological perspective is I don't believe that a loving God would burn people up all day. If hell is only separation from God eternally, that is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad thing. I don't need to debate hell. That, that, that's a non-debatable thing. And if I'm committed to obedience, hell's not an option. Hell's not an option. But I think the thing is, we, we, we need to get some fire for ourselves mm -hmm. as believers. Mm -hmm. When people are passionate about something, they are, they tell people. Mm -hmm. Listen, we say this all the time. Honey, women, we can be in Walmart. And dealers can be having that mid-year sale. And you will see a woman, she just make eye contact with you. You don't even know her. And you'll be like, girl, did you know dealers having that half-year sale? Especially if they sell a dress with pockets. Y'all gonna, gonna If go they got some dress with pockets, we going pockets. wild, right? <laughs> well, I just want to tell y'all this, because everybody know how much I love dress with pockets. Jesus is better than dresses with pockets. Oh, he good. Jesus is he better than good. dresses with pockets. <laughs> And so you guys got to ask yourselves, do you live in a way? I, and again, this is what I keep saying. I am not talking about just being morally correct. Right. Because there are people who have no God and there are people who have all different types of God who believe in the basics. Right. Who believe you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't you should treat people with, with respect. You should treat people with respect. Being a good person is not synonymous with obeying God. Being a good person is not the same thing as obeying God. I, I think everybody can stop and say a lot and put the note on there, right? Being a good person. Yeah. And I want to give you guys this example. Um, 
let's say I invite you guys um, right now. We are actually at a hotel in a hospitality suite. And I say to you, this is the way to the hotel and the hospitality suite. Come here and have lunch with us. And you say, okay, I'm coming. And I say, you have to come to Hot Springs. And you say, I don't want to go to Hot Springs. I'm going to L.A. How many of you know that you are not going to get to where I am? And because I'm in the room, in control of this room, I get to decide how you get here, right? Because it's already been set. God has already determined the pathway back to reconciliation to him. I don't get to say, I want to come to your hospitality suite, yeah. God, but I'm not coming where you say. Yeah. I'm going to go where I want to go, and you better make your hospitality suite here because you're going to be disappointed. And unfortunately, so many believers believe that they can create the path wherever they want it, and because God is love a word that they don't even understand because God is love, then God is obligated to honor whatever mess you created. And you're going to be disappointed in the end. Yeah. In the end, you're going to be, you may not be disappointed today, but in the end, you're going to be disappointed because you have sold yourself a bill of lies. It's a lie. It's not true. There is no way to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what every believer should believe. Yeah. So therefore, then Jesus tells us something. He says, if you love me, mm. if you love me, mm -hmm. if you love mm -hmm. me, do what? Keep, Keep my commandments. Keep. That's what he says in John 15. Yeah. If you love me, keep my commandments. He says, I don't even have to question your love. You can determine your own love for me by whether you keep your, my commandments. John 15, if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and, and remain in his, love. in his love. I don't need, I don't need someone else to judge whether I love Jesus yeah. or not. I can look at my own, tell your neighbor, say, you can look at your own obedience, friend. You can look at your own obedience to see whether you love God or not. Don't lie to yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Don't turn down the Holy Spirit's voice. You can say, I do love God, but not more than fornication. Yeah, yeah. I do love God, but not more than lying. I do love God, but not more than being with somebody I know he didn't ordain me to be with. I do love God, but not more than money. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, and a prime example of this is what we talked about at the huddle, right? Is 1 Samuel 15. That was so good. The whole idea is that obedience is, is, is not an option. Obedience is not something, which is really our first point here. Obedience is not optional for the believer. That if we say we are honoring God, that when God gives us an instruction, we're supposed to follow that out. We've talked about what that looked like when Saul didn't do that. When Saul was given an instruction to go down and to, to, to utterly destroy all the Amicalites, get rid of everything. But yet what he did is he kept certain things that looked good, things that made him feel good. And we have to be careful that when God is speaking to us, we don't partially obey God because to partially obey God is to totally disobey God. One of the great scriptures that we did that, that I love to go back and read is in first John two and three and four in first John two, three and four. It's, it's, it's one of those scriptures where it says what you were talking about earlier. You don't have to guess whether you love God or not. 
because it literally says, and this is how we may discern. Who this is how who may discern? We, we, we. This is how we may discern when daily, daily by, by experience. experience. Here is how I know every single day by experience, not waiting on somebody to tell me. It says that we are coming to know Him, Jesus, that we're getting to perceive, to recognize, to understand, and to become better acquainted with Him. To become better acquainted with Him. How do we do that? If, if we, we keep, keep, what does it mean to keep? It means to bear in mind. It means to observe. And I love this last one. To practice. To practice. To practice. To practice, to practice obedience. Practice to practice all of his teachings. Yes. Which is his precepts and his commandments. Verse 4 says, whoever, whoever says, I know him. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I serve God. Oh, yeah, I love Jesus. He says, Proceeds, recognize, understands, and acquainted with him, but what? Fails to keep and a what? Obey his commandments. The Bible says he is a liar and what? And the truth is not where? It's not in him. You're full of lies. So if you say up. that you love God, but then every single time you turn around, you're doing something that's disobedient. Now, here's what happens. And this is why I say a lot of people don't want a pastor. They don't want a prophet. They don't want fivefold leadership. They just want a preacher. They just want somebody to get they on the They want someone to their ears and yes. tell them that they next in line for a miracle. Yes. Or, your, or your, your, mere, your millionaire status is about to show up. Not what your disobedient self is not. And so literally people get upset, but the Bible tells us, and I think, I don't know that people know this, um, but the Bible says that teachers of the word are held to a higher standard. So not only are we held to a standard for how we live, we're held to a standard for how we teach. So if we don't tell you in the Old Testament, he says it like this, Jesus, I believe, I mean, believe, I believe he says it to Jeremiah. He says, tell them. And if you tell them, there's no blood on yeah, your hands. Yeah. But if you don't tell them, yes. then the blood is on your hand. And there is across this nation, there is a tremendous amount of blood on leaders' hands because they won't tell that scripture Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. That God says that if you say you love him and you don't practice obedience, you are a liar and the truth of the gospel is not in you. Your name may be on a roll. Your, you may go to church, you may serve, you may, you may hold preach, office, you may even hold office. But God said that if you don't practice keeping his commandments, practice, practice, you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Now, listen, you may just want to repent right now. You may just want to go ahead and repent right now because somebody that people didn't tell you that. And so what people do is this. And we have so wanted people to come to church that we have been willing to water down what God said to get them there. But what's the But we point? do them a disservice. We do them a disservice when we do that because we basically invite them to something without telling them the full truth. That's right. We invite them to, it's like inviting somebody to a costume party, but you don't tell them you're supposed to dress up in a costume. And then they get there and everybody's in the costume, but they're not. It's like we're inviting people to be like Christ and not telling them who Christ is like. And the reality of it is, is that this scripture, 1 John 2, 3, and That's 4, so good. it is literally, you know, right now we know we, we, we're, we're, I guess we're out of this pandemic, but we spent all this time in this pandemic and a lot of people started taking at-home COVID tests because you needed to know rapidly whether or not you were uh, infected with COVID. What this scripture says, this is your in-home assessment about whether you love God or not. 
you can take it every day. You can take this test every single day to see whether or not you are keeping God's commandments, whether or not you are being true to yourself in loving God. And if not, if you're really showing up every day as a liar. Well, if you're showing up every day as a liar. Yes. And because so because many, loving God has got to be more than lip service. And because so many of you are deceived about what scripture says about judgment, you think that no one has the right. When literally the Bible tells us that if we see another believer in sin, we owe you to tell you that you're in sin to win you back. But literally some of you have created such a hard heart that anybody who says anything against what you are doing, they're gaslighting you, they're bullying you, they're mistreating you. Instead of saying no, simply there is a standard for being in the kingdom. Yes. There is a standard for being in the kingdom. We are not saying that you sh will never make a mistake. We are saying that we should not be comfortable living in sin. There should be conviction. Let me tell you something. If you've been shacking with somebody for 12 years, you ought to still have some mm -hmm. conviction about it. It ought to be something in the back of your heart saying, I know God is not pleased with yep. this. I know if, if you have not been tithing for four months, there ought to still be something in your heart that is like, I know that I should honor God with my finances. What I am deeply concerned about, and I keep saying to you, babe, I am deeply concerned about the people who say they love God, but they have no conviction about their sin. Here's the reason why. Look at Psalms 119 and 11. Psalms 119 and 11 says, your word, Lord, have I laid up in my heart that I might not what? Sin against you. If you haven't laid up his word, then what you're talking about is easy for people to do. It's the thing I keep coming back to. I understand why people say they love God and go out and sin. They have taken zero time and they have been taught in many cases not to lay God's word up in their heart. If we happen to be in a teaching ministry that we've been in for over two decades. Well, for two decades, we have been saying over and over again, oh, I, love the word. I 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 love the word. For 20 years, we've been repeating that mantra, I love the word, not because it sounds good, but because it's true. And when I love God's word and I take his word and I lay it up in my heart, the purpose of it being there is not so that I can be some Bible scholar, not so that I can quote every scripture and people are amazed. It's so that I have something in me that anchors me so that I do not sin against him. So many people have Jesus. church. But they don't have Jesus. They have church, but they don't have Jesus. And when you just have church, you just have community, you just have a social event, a social club, a social gathering, that doesn't keep you from doing that thing that you don't want to do. The Apostle Paul talks about it in Romans. He said, listen, he says, I love God. He said, but the very thing that I don't want to do is the thing that I find myself sometimes doing. He said, it's no more me, but it's sin that lies within me. Well, how do I get sin out of me? I got to wash sin with the word. God comes into my life and I get delivered from the sin, but I don't get necessarily delivered from the attraction of the sin. The attraction of the sin is still there. That's what the Bible says that we are drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. So how do I get rid of the attraction to sin now that I have been delivered That's from good. the consequences of sin? It is by laying up his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. That's what that's and that's what we as pastors of Fellowship of Champion want to reiterate to all of you is that 
It is so important that you so fall in love with God so much that you love his word so much that you put it in your heart so that you find yourself being repulsed by sin mm. rather than being gratified Wait, pause, by pause. it. Not other people sin. Not other people Not sin. other people Not, sin. Don't, don't, don't get sick of other people sin. You sick of your sin. Man, do y'all think this is good? I, I really, really love this. Have you laid his word up in your heart? And, and, and this is such a big deception because this is going to lead us into verse two. Obedience brings, I mean, um, point two, obedience brings blessings. Yes, One of the things that I have seen really increase in the last five years in the body of Christ, I have seen this increase of people who want us, not don't just mean us, pastors, leaders. They want us to release the blessing, but not correct. Mm. They want us to release a blessing, but not correct. Mm. They want us to say you bless going in and bless going out. But they don't go back to that, that the very context of that says, if you keep my commandments, mm. then these things will be in your life. And so what we have is a, a group of people and they're literally running from place to place saying, bless me, bless me, bless me. Don't talk to me about my sin. Don't talk to about me about my rebellion. Don't talk to me about this. Tell God to promote me. Tell God to increase me. Tell God to release money to me. I'm not willing to do anything for God except for what I really want to do. I'm going to keep my relationship. I'm going to keep drinking. I'm going to keep smoking. I'm going to keep lying. I'm going to keep cussing people out. But what I want is I'm gathering and they are gathering to themselves preachers and teachers who will bless them without correcting them. It is the equivalent in the natural of a child who wants their parents, right, to give them an allowance, to take them to McDonald's, to take them to the dollar store, to take them to the mall, to buy them a car, to get them new clothes. But the entire time they say, no, I don't want to clean my room. No, I don't want to take the trash. Not out. just no, I'm no, not. No, I no, won't. No, 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 I don't. I don't want to because we got to. We got to get to the willing part first. We got believers who aren't willing. The Bible mm. says willing and obedient. I don't want to take out the That's trash. That's good, babe. I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to clean my room. And not only do I not want to, now I'm not going to. Even though I know you told me to, I'm not going to do it. But yet, God, I still want my. But yet, parents, I still want my allowance. Yet, I still want you to buy me a car. Yet I still want you to get me a new game. All of these things. And what we do is we act like petulant children because mm. we will not obey God. Mm. We don't have a willingness to do it. And then we don't have the follow through to do it. And so as a result, that is what we look like. And no parent, no parent, I don't care who you are, likes the behavior of a child who behaves that way. Nobody does. Nobody does. And the truth of it is that this is the reason that many believers are now incorporating new age principles in their Christianity. Mm -hmm. Because in new age, I don't have to obey God. I can just want something, confess something, me and meditate and on something it. until I manifest it. So I want God's goods, but I don't want God. Mm. And forever, this has been the problem. Even if you go back to Eve, 
Eve wanted to be like God, but she didn't want God leading the instruction. And the challenge for many of us, if we would tell the truth, if we would really tell the truth, we would come into a place of repentance where we would really lay before the Lord. I know new saints don't like talk about laying before the Lord, but you would lay before the Lord and say, you know what? I want to own this. I, I got to acknowledge that I'm treating you with such dishonor. I want to acknowledge that I got a lot of nerve to mm. lay up and ask you to bless a marriage you told me to never be mm -hmm. in, that I got a lot of nerve to ask you to bless my finances mm -hmm. when I refuse to do yes. what you say, that I got a lot of nerve to ask for all of these things. And Lord, I'm laying here before you today saying, I don't want that anymore. I am not okay with my own rebellion. I am not okay with my own disobedience. Purify me. Yes. And here's what will happen. The very thing you're desiring anyway is what God will end up giving you. The very thing that you're out there trying to get your own way, if you will do what you said, lay your life down before the Lord and say, Lord, I give my life to you. Purify me. Do, 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 like, do like David said, creating me a, a, new, a heart, new heart, a clean heart. Renew the right inside of me the right spirit <laughs> and you know what listen this is the truth maybe i know that everybody did not grow up um the way that we grew up but let me tell you something one of the things i so appreciate about the time i spent with you in the Cody church i believe that growing up in the baptist church we were taught a lot about word but we weren't less necessarily taught a lot about right living and that we could live right i've got to say this the time we spent at the Koji church where they taught us how to get on our face before God. I'm not saying you really got to lay on your face. It's a, heart posture. it's a heart posture. It is a heart posture that says, I am not okay mm -hmm. with having an almighty God yes. having wrapped himself in flesh and come for me yes. and live like anything. There ought to be some Holy Ghost conviction when you, and, and it don't even have to be about big stuff all the time. Last night I told somebody I wasn't going to never do something no more. I was adamant. I ain't going to never do that for you as long as I live. When I woke up this morning, the Lord said, you got to apologize. You got to fix that. Because I didn't tell you that you were yep. never going to do it again. Yep. So I just said, okay, I got to take care of that today. Because out of my own self, because I didn't like how I was managed, I said, I'm never going to do it again. As soon as I woke up this morning, the Lord said, yes, you are. You're going to do it the next time I tell you to. It's the humility that it takes. But that is what happens when you allow your heart to become pliable as opposed to a stony heart. Yeah. A stony heart doesn't even hear when God says, you need to take it back. It says, nobody said what I said, and I meant it. Sorry, not sorry. That's what a stony heart does. Oh. A pliable heart, though, says, you know what? I said something, and I meant what I said, but now that God says something different, I mean something different. That's the pliability of one's heart. And when we get to that place, then we get to point number two, which is that obedience brings the blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing is not a house. The blessing is not a car. The blessing is not a new job. The blessing is not more money. The blessing is the empowerment. Obedience brings an empowerment. That is why the Bible says in John 15, 10, which we've read earlier, and we quoted several times here, that if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just like I remain in the Father's love. My, he says, my father will love him and will come to him and make his home with him. That's the empowerment. 
the empowerment is that when I obey God, God comes to me. God makes his home with me. God empowers me. What better home to live in than the one that God dwells in? Come on. What better home to reside in than the one that God lives in? It is a blessing for us to be loved by God the Father. What a blessing that Thank Jesus you, gave up his life for us to have this new life that we now have and that God would then send Holy Spirit to come and live on the inside of us so he empowers us. That's the first blessing. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us so we are empowered to obey. That's good. We can't obey in our own flesh. We know that. We tried that before. But we, you and I, those of us who have asked Holy Spirit to come into our lives, we have an empowerment to obey. What was difficult is now easy for us because we have Holy Spirit. And I think about it so many times that the people of the Old Testament, they obeyed God without Holy Spirit in their life. They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But you and I, we, we have, not only do we have a greater covenant with the Lord, we actually have it easier because we, we have, have the Holy Spirit, Spirit living on the inside, inside, of, inside us. of us. My goodness. What we, we have the Holy Spirit. And listen, I just, how many of you are being impacted by this message this morning and it is raising your level of honor for the father. See, I honor him with my obedience. And you're like, no, I want to honor him in everything. Yes. Meaning I want to obey him in everything, right? So who are those that are blessed by God <sighs> almighty? Yeah. Number one, those who trust the Lord. Yes. Hear me, hear me, friend. If you don't obey God, you don't trust him. To trust him means you put, it's, put, it's to put your weight on. Chris does the demonstration all the time when she talks about trust, where she'll ask me to come. She'll just walk around and then just fall back because she knows I'm under no circumstances. If I got to throw my body under hers, am I going to let her hit the ground? That's what trust is like for God. God, you tell me to step. I'm stepping God, because there's no way you're going to let me fall. I'm stepping. So those who trust the Lord. So we are we looking at Jeremiah 17? No, we just I just okay. So here's some scriptures you can pull up for your references, Jeremiah 17 and 7, and then Luke 11, 27 through 28. I believe Jeremiah 17 and 7 says that basically those who trust in God won't even see bad when it comes yeah. on the earth, yeah. right? Yeah. Those who trust in God, I trust God with my finances, I trust God with my children, I trust God with my job, I trust God with my relationship. I trust God with my life. Really, obedience just says I trust God with my life. That's really what obedience says, all right? So those who trust the Lord, those are the people who are blessed. Mm -hmm. Number two, this is my favorite one. Those who fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. Those who fear the Lord. Those who fear the Lord. And, and when we say fear, we don't mean to be afraid of God. It really is not like, oh, I'm so scared God going to get me because God didn't create us to live. God didn't create us to live in a state of fear because the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. So if he hasn't given us the spirit of fear, he doesn't use fear on us. That word fear there means to reverence him. It means to reverence. To put him in awe. And honor him. It is to reverence and honor yeah. him. Those who reverence and honor the Lord. How do you know whether you reverence mm -hmm. and honor the Lord or not when somebody sends you a message and um and they ask you to do something inappropriate? How you respond? Mm. 
when, when, when you could cheat on the time and work because the Bible says whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Reverence the Lord. And this is a really, really big one for me. It's a really big one for me. And we, we laugh about this a lot that I grew up by my with my grandmother and with older people. Mm -hmm. So honor to elders is incredibly important to me. Right. Like, tell your grown kids who my kids age, don't call me Sean. I'm not Sean. I don't play that. I, would, I wouldn't call somebody. Um, I was talking to Bishop Vaughn the other day, and she was laughing at me. She said she understood, but she was laughing at me because Bishop Vaughn calls me her little sister. Mm -hmm. And sometimes something will happen on social media, and she will want me to engage with her back and forth on social media. And I will call her and say, I'm not doing that in front of the people because I'm never going to do anything yeah. that's going Here's to that me. appears to right. be disrespectful. So in a way that I might go back and forth with Unika on social media because Unika is a peer, I'm never going to do that to Bishop Vaughn because at the end of the day, she's been preaching as long as I've been alive. And so I'm not going to do that. And I think the truth of it is, is that many of you have never been taught to honor God. Well, our society is all about that. Our society is all about you respect me first, then I respect you. Rather than the idea of there are just sometimes that we 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 give that honor first. We 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 honor you for your position. We honor you for for what you have been called in my life. You know, I tell people that all the time. I say, you know, you call me pastor, but when I correct you, now I'm straight. Well, you got to make the decision about who I am in your life. Either I'm your pastor, and I, as your pastor, I have the opportunity to correct you when I see you doing going down the wrong way. And you have to then go back to that, that first one about trusting me enough to know that I ain't trying to control you. I'm trying to help you. If I see you doing something that's going to be detrimental to you, it's my job to say something to you. But if I, but if me saying something to you runs you off, then you got to ask yourself, was I really ever your pastor in the first place? Well, it's like this. We stricken Sean when we telling people to obey. Right. But we pass the elder and pass the Sean when you need a new job. And you can't have it both No, when, we, when you need a when new you job. Need, when you need some healing. When you need some Come healing. On now. And now Come it's on like, now. oh, we passed the elder right. and pass the Sean. Right. Oh, pastor, can you can you pray? Pastor, right. can you fast? And and really the truth of it is, is that it's because we don't. This is what the Lord told me years ago in ministry. He said, you can never expect people who don't honor me to honor you, there you because go. you represent me. There you go. He said, you represent me. There you, go. you can never expect people who dishonor me to dishonor, to not dishonor you. They can't help but dishonor you. And I, that's big facts. No, that's big. And I've really had to learn this. I've had to learn that there are times that people have come against me and attacked me. And God say, oh, they're not attacking you. They attacking me. Mm. They're attacking you because you're the easiest way to attack me. They're offended with me because oh. I told them not. Is that not what Samuel said in first in Samuel 15 when we read that at the huddle? When, 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 when Samuel was like, they've rejected me. And the Lord said, no, 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 Samuel, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. They rejected you. You're my representative. They represent. They rejected me, not you. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it, sweetheart. He said they don't even worry about it. They, they, re they rejected. <laughs> they rejected me, not you. And I think that that is a, that has been a lesson I've had to learn because one of the things I mean, and you know this to be true. Bishop Bond had a whole conversation with me that part of the very strong mandate on my life is about repentance. 
Like literally, I'm talking about obedience even when I'm not trying to be talking about obedience. It's just the assignment that he's given me. And I have experienced a lot of rejection for it and a lot of it don't take all of that. And a lot of she's trying to manipulate us by simply saying what God said. And he said to me, he said, Sean, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Stop mm -hmm. taking it so personally. Yeah. And, and I know that I'm not the only one out there to understand that. See, understand that when you dishonor the set voice God has given you, and I, I want you to think about this. If you work for a corporation and the corporation, the CEO has um, said, this is the direction that we're going. Yeah. And your direct manager tells you to do something that's in alignment with the direction that the CEO has said. Your dishonor of the direct manager is the dishonor of the CEO. So your dis so children, when you dishonor your parents, you dishonor God. Yeah. Wives and husbands, when you dishonor your spouse, you dishonor God. When you dishonor your leadership, you dishonor Chandra, who leads the prayer ministry. You dishonor Katrina when she's telling you where to stand as a greeter. You dishonor Chris in praise and worship if you dishonor them you're dishonoring god yeah you know it's so funny you talked about children disobeying their parents disobeying god the bible says children obey your parents for this is the first what commandment Co with, with promise. what i with promise. promise it's the first commandment what they promised to it in other words he was saying i'm trying to set for you how honor comes to you honor comes to you by honoring those i've set an authority over you so obedience uh, obedience brings this empowerment when we learn to trust God and when we learn to reverence God. And then we also know that that same empowerment comes to those whose sins have been forgiven. And that's why we talk about it's important to truly make a, a, a commitment to Christ, not just a commitment to church. But you got to make that commitment to Christ. You know, you got to you got to come and you got to. Oh, oh, well, let me say go this. ahead. Let me say this. So I want to give you a good example of this. At this current time, Fellowship of Champions has most of our services virtual. Yes. And we have one huddle. Yes. Okay. We have one huddle that's once a month. Yep. When you say that this is your church that God sent you to, and we are your pastors, and especially when you live close enough to get here, and you do everything but come to church yep. during the huddle, you're just a dishonorable person. Yep. You're just a dishonorable person. And the truth of it is, I'm never going to be mad at you because you're dishonorable because I understand that your dishonor is not towards me. Right. It's towards God. Right. But there's no way in the world that you can say, there's no way in the world I could be on the basketball team. Yep. And the coach say, we have practice yep. on Sunday. And I say I'm on the team and I don't come to practice on Sunday. And not and because you're sick, not because you're working, not because you're out of town, but because you don't feel like coming. That's a, To me, that's different. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't show up to prayer. That's virtual. Yes. I cannot show up to prayer because I don't like, I I, I don't like all of this virtual stuff right, right here. Right. I can't show up to prayer, but I expect the prayer team to continue to lift me up and make sure this is the year of great progress. And me. I have no problem showing up when I'm in crisis. I'm just going to say that part. I have no, I, I can't show up for anything else, but I, I can show up when I'm in a crisis, though. I don't care what you have in Tuesday night prayer 
Wednesday Bible study, Friday morning prayer. I even call you on the phone. I'll send you messages. If I'm in crisis, I show up. And what that does is it really shows a lack of honor to the things that God has already placed in place. It's like Samuel said, you ain't dishonoring me. You're dishonoring, you're dishonoring God. You're dishonoring God. Yeah. And at some point, dishonor with God is going to catch up with you. It will. At some point, it's going to catch it up will. with you, right? So who are the blessed? Those who trust the Lord. I love what Pastor Chris said. It's, it's giving it's dishonor. Giving dishonor. No, it's it, giving what it's doing. dishonor. It's giving dishonor. It's giving dishonor, right? And listen, let me just say this to you. We love you. If you are upset by something like this, check yourself. If you're upset by someone talking about this, don't get mad and click off the broadcast. Check yourself and grow up. Mature. And say, you know what? If, if when I'm in crisis, I call them and they help me, then, I, then the fact that I'm not in crisis right now and they're saying something that I don't like, didn't change that they don't like me. You got, you got to get mature enough to get over all of that. Oh, they said something. I don't like it. And so I'm going to go find me somebody else who will say something that I like. Because what you're going to end up doing is just running from place to place and never getting truly pastored. And, and that's what's wrong with people right now in this society we're in. People will not allow themselves to be grown up by the person who they say that God's put over their life they to say, help them grow. No, you say. Because the truth of it is, it ain't nobody who can ever say that I said I was your pastor. Mm. If you didn't say it. Mm. I, I, I'm not out here looking mm. to gather people talking about, oh, I'm your pastor. Mm. I ain't never been in your inbox or on your messenger or called you up at church and said, let I'm me pastor you. Let, let me, me pastor you. you. I'm your <laughs> spiritual mother. That That's not what we do. That's with not so, our language. So that is not our language. So, so you I got, see in the back sometimes. I say, go back and ask God. Ask they, God they, 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 they laugh in the studio, but they know I'm telling the truth. People be like, Pastor, when I think you're my spiritual father, I think you need to go back and ask God. God. I think you need to go back, and, to ask go back God. and ask God again because I, I just I just I need you to be sure of, of what that means and what that entails. Go back and ask God. And if God say it, you come back and, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I'm your daddy or people not. People know this or not because people be like, Pastor, I feel like your mother. I'm your mother. Hold on. Hold on just a second. Because here's the thing. And, and, and we use this all the time with Pastor Chris and Pastor Ralph. They're not the only ones, but they're the most visible examples of it, right? Is that at the end of the day, there'll be all these people who will be like, why, you know, why don't I have a position with you that I have? I want to be close to you like Chris. Well, ask Chris if you really do. Ask Ralph if you really do. Because if the truth of it is, and I want you to hear me, you're never going to sit and have access to us if we can't correct you. No. If we can't correct, we don't sit. The Bible says in Psalms 1, it says, blessed is the man that doesn't sit in the seat of the disobedient and the scornful. If you are disobedient, we don't share space with disobedient mm -hmm. people. Let me tell you why we don't share space with disobedient people. Because your disobedience can bring destruction to us. Mm -hmm. We don't hang with disobedient people. We don't rock with disobedient and people. I'm, and I'm going to say it like this. Disobedient people are stressful. Disobedient people are stressful. When, and I'm not talking about people who don't know. I'm talking about people who are willfully disobedient. They become, they put they add stress to my life, and I don't do things that add stress to my life. I work with anybody who is trying, but when you have made the decision that your way is your way, and you don't care what me or God say, all I can do is do what the Bible says and shake the dust off my feet and be ready to receive you when the devil whoop your tail out there, because you'll come back. But I mean, you got to take them bumps and bruises on your own if that's the way you're going to behave. So that's why I don't hang with disobedient people. Because disobedient people are stressful. <laughs> it's just making sense. Don't y'all notice, though, that disobedient people are stressful? Are. Let me tell you what disobedient people are like, because <laughs> I want you to understand this. 
Disobedient people are like going in a store with somebody you know steal. Disobedient. And maybe dis they don't steal that time. But oh. you stress the whole time because you know they have the propensity to steal something. Hanging with disobedient that is a people great example. is like going to the store with somebody that you know is a serial shoplifter. You know they're going to clip something. You, they go clip something and you just hope, you hope that that they didn't steal nothing this time. You walking you. out the store and somebody just trying to speak to somebody, hey, you You're just like, oh, up Lord, you, Lord, Lord. Stuff. <laughs> you just nervous That's the stressful. whole time. My God. You're just nervous the whole time. Listen, we I know babe, babe is a teacher teacher, so he like for us to get through this, but I think we own something real good. And I want to say this. The Bible says, I want you to hear this. The Bible says a curse does not come without a cause. I want y'all to hear me. It the Bible not. says a curse does not come without a cause. Minister Chandra would tell you that that means that a curse does not come without the enemy having legal access in your life. In 22 years of ministry, let me tell you what I've learned. People who have cycles have cycles of disobedience. Mm -hmm. People who have cycles have cycles of disobedience. Mm -hmm. People who have cycles have cycles of disobedience. They'll start tithing. Things will get better. Things will get better. They'll quit tithing. They'll start living celibate and stop entertaining all of these knuckleheads. Things will get better. And then they'll go right you know, back out there. A knucklehead will show up. People who the Bible says a curse does, does not have not the right, That's right to sit on your life unless you're practicing disobedience. Disobedience is how the enemy says, yes, Sean's a believer, but here's why I have access to her. I have access to wreak this habit. Let me and let me tell you what the devil is really like, what he does through your disobedience. Y'all know that commercial where the dude is mayhem? Mm-hmm. What commercial I think is that? It's all state. All state where he mayhem. Your disobedience always invites mayhem in your life. Your disobedience always invites mayhem in your My life. God. And the reason that people pull away from you is not that they don't love you, it's that they are, mayhem is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Mayhem is exhausting. It is one thing to help someone who is in financial trouble because they are doing everything they can. It is another thing to help somebody who is in financial trouble who after they get the finances won't even come to Bible study. Mm. Mm. You won't even come and learn. And I want you to think about this. I, I said to somebody the other week, you won't come to church. You won't tithe. But you expect the people who come to church and tithe to keep rescuing you. Where they do that at? Make that make sense. Why do you think you have the right? Make it. So the people who pray, the people who sow, and the people who show up should continue to rescue you. The people who get up at 6.30 a.m. on Friday for prayer, the people who show up for prayer on Tuesday or watch the replay, the people who come to church on Sunday, even if we teach an hour and 30 minutes, and you think those people who are being faithful should continue to, to, continue to rescue you while you sleep in, while we going through the word. Those are the individuals who I say see themselves as members and not partners. Members want you to pray for them when they need prayer, but they have no interest in praying with the group when their needs are already met. 
And that's the reason we don't use that term here at Fellowship of Champions. We don't have members. At Fellowship of Champions, we believe in having what? Partners. Why? Because partner means that even if I don't need deliverance today, I'm going to show up and pray for deliverance because somebody else may need it. Because at some point, somebody showed up when they didn't need it, when I did need it. So I Amen, show right. up and I bear responsibility for the group. So I wake up on Fridays and I pray with the prayer team when they're praying. I pray what they're praying. I give my energy to it because that may be the very day that my comment or my energy was the thing that got somebody over the hump. And I do it because I know that there have been times, not there will be, there has been times that those people were doing that when I needed to receive a word. It's extremely selfish, extremely selfish when you can only show up for Tuesday night and Friday morning prayer or Wednesday night Bible study or Sunday morning service or 9 a.m. worship when you need to be uplifted. That's the only time you click on is when you need it. No, no, no. At Fellowship of Champions, we show up because it's part of our culture. It's part of our culture to show up on Tuesday night. It's part of our culture to show up on Wednesdays. It's part of our culture to show up on Friday. It's part of our culture to show up on Sundays. And when we can't be there, we watch the replay. We watch the replay. Because it's part of our culture. Because we believe that every time the word goes forth, it's an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to, to help minister to someone else who may be needing what we're able to give at that particular time. That's the empowerment of obeying God. We have four commitments this year. We said, number one, we're not going to miss a service. We said, number two, we're going to read our word daily. Number three, we said we're going to spend an hour praying in tongues. And number four, we're going to take communion more often. Those are now my commitments. Those are my commitments. The, the Lord you know, told the leader. The leader told me. Well, hold, on, mine. hold on. The Lord told us through Bishop Vaughn. Yes. He, he didn't, we, we didn't come up with right. that. Bishop Vaughn said it on the live. And then we said, okay, we take yes. that. And this is so important because we're, we'll wrap up here because we don't have to rush through no, obedience because it's a lifelong message. But I was thinking about this and, and I think you, I think you would agree with this. I have never told you I was grown. No. I've never told you I was grown. Now we well aware that I'm a grown person, mm -hmm. but let me tell you what I understand. When I decide to exert the fact that I'm grown, then that means that I am responsible for rescuing myself in trouble. Mm -hmm. I personally never want to be responsible for rescuing myself, all myself in mm -hmm. trouble. Like I don't want, and, and people don't realize this. A lot of people don't realize we were talking to one of our kids last yeah, I was night. Just we thinking were about just that. talking to one just of our kids last night. And I was saying they were really um asking, they were trying to really understand um because I I, one of the things I love about Caleb is that when Caleb went to Morehouse and they asked him how many brothers and sisters he had, he named like Ralph, two, like 10, Chris, he said 10, he named Ralph, Chris, Nitra, Tamara. He said, all of them are, are my brothers and sisters. And so it was Canaan and she was asking us, she was like, um, why will you do the things for Pastor Ralph and Pastor Chris? Well, they call him Pastor Chris and Ralph, why would you do the things that you do for them, even though they're grown? I said they don't tell us they're grown. And it was a we was trying to illustrate for her that you can be grown without telling us you grown. But if you tell us you grown, you telling me that you now don't need me. 
You don't need my advice. You don't need my financial resources. You don't need my input. And 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 and, and that's why it's it's funny because she's figuring out because she said last night she said I'm so glad I get to learn by trial and error. I get to, she said by, 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 their, by their trial by and their trial and error. Said, I get to learn by their trial and error. She like because she because Kenyon literally said what do I need to do so that so that you always stay on my best account. <laughs> What do you need to do? Because <laughs> because we were having this conversation for context, and we really will and wrap this up here. Obedience. This is about this obedience. This is about We were having this conversation about how um, we um, we were this. All of our kids were on our. We all could see in their checking account, mm -hmm. and then one of our kids decided that they didn't want our correction about how they spent their money. Yeah, they didn't want it. And so not only did they tell us they didn't want it, they closed the account where we could see and, and they got another and, and a whole nother bank. Which is, which is, which, which which is, is fine, fine because adults fine. can do that. We just can do that. <laughs> but then when they like, oh, my money type, that's a grown people problem. I don't even know it's tight. I can't even see it. <laughs> now, for the kids who have chosen, I can't even see it. Even see it. Now, the kids who chose to stick with us, we look in their account and go, mm, they money looking a little low. Let's go ahead and put a little money over in you their account. You did it yesterday. We're driving down on vacation. You like, yo, let me check these accounts. You check the account. She's like, mm, that's a little lower than I like for their account to be. A little low. Did you hear what I did said? You hear what Cause that's said? what God wants you to do. She said that's a, a little, little low lower than I like for their they account wanted, to be. But for her, so she says, take money from X account and put in their account. I said, you want me to put that much in each of their accounts? She said, in each of their accounts. Boom. They didn't ask for it. They didn't say they needed it. But just because they were doing the things they're supposed to and being connected, boom. There you have it. And then I said to one of them, we ain't calling names about all this stuff. I said to one of them. <laughs> to now, one of them. <laughs> now use this money wisely. Don't do X, Y, and Z. Don't do X, Y, and Z with this money, which to the person came back and said, yes, ma'am. That's all it was. Yes, yes ma'am. Not no, well, it's my money. If you give it to me, I can do what I want. It was just simple. Yes, ma'am. And literally, some of you don't realize that what you said to God is my life. I can do with it what I, I want to. I can do to. what I want to. You can't I can do what I want to. It's my life. Mm. I can do what I want to with mm. my life. But then when you're in trouble, God, God, where are you? Help me. But it's your life. You can do what you, you can do with your life, mm. what you want to do with your life, right? You, you done closed the account so God can't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, obedience has got to be one of those things that we win. Here we got to win the fight Hold of on. obedience. Here it is. And parents who have children who are practicing disobedience, mm -hmm. you are not bringing them to the Lord when you keep rescuing them. That's true. You are not bringing them to the Lord when you keep rescuing them. You have to let the Lord teach you how to rescue. Now, the, the child that's decided that they don't want our input, it doesn't mean we don't ever help them. That's right. right. It means they don't have free flow like the children who want our input yeah. and even you know even within our kids know if you're a preacher kid you just gonna get talked about right but the truth of it is is that um there is probably nobody in our life that we will jump faster for than jordan and some of it is because jordan no matter what you ask her to do is going to jump quickly well, she is all I'm, and i i don't want to say always because you've had a couple of different things but for me 
personally, and y'all talk about this, she has always, and I don't use that term lightly, always been willing and obedient. So if she asked me at nine o'clock at night when I'm in the bed, can you go to the store and give me X, Y, and Z? Yes, ma'am. I'm getting up, I'm getting dressed, and I'm going. There are others who say, can you go get me X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, ah, you're going to have to get that in the morning. You have to get that in the <laughs> you, morning. Yeah, you, you ain't sold enough obedience you, you to, to, to have me get up morning. out the bed right now. You're going to have to get that in the morning. <laughs> and I think the truth of it is, is that when people begin to tell the truth and let the Holy Spirit correct them, you ask yourself, have you positioned your life in such a way that God is like, you know what, babe, let me, look, hey, hey angels, we got to move on this yeah. thing. Or is your, I, I love these people. These people in comments going, I'm not grown. I tell the Lord all the time, I'm not I grown. Do, I, I literally I, say, I, Lord, I'm not I, grown. I do not govern my own life. I, I, I am not grown. I am I'm not a, grown. I am a child of God. And I am always a child be, of God. I'm not a grown of God. I'm a child I'm not a grown of God. I'm a child, I'm a child of, God. of God. All right, guys. This was a good teaching today. What I want to put in the comments, I want to see what you got from this. We're going to keep teaching this obedience thing. I do want y'all to put this in the comment okay. real quick. Okay, baby. I want you to type in the comment. There's about 75 of y'all on here. I want you to put in the comment section, obedience is the culture of my church. Obedience, obedience is the culture of my church. Of my church. Yes. Obedience is the culture of my church. It is. It's what we do. It's part of the fabric of who we are. It's part of our core values. And you don't have to get mad because if you think about it, Cain kills Abel over this very issue. Cain, Cain and Abel both bring something to God. God receives what Abel brings and he rejects what Cain brings. So to be clear, God has made it clear from the beginning. He doesn't accept everything we he bring. He does, not. he does not accept everything we bring. And, and God says to Cain, he says, would you not be accepted if you did what I told you to do? Right. See, some of you think you can strong arm God, strong arm your parents, and strong arm um, your church into doing it the way that you want it done. And that is why some of you keep hitting your head over bumping and your over. Head. Anybody see themselves today and go, you know what I need to do better? I need to stop bumping my head. I need to stop bumping my head. That's that, what that, I need that, to do. That, like, it is literally, and, and I think everyone would agree with this about me, the testimony of my life. And I thank God that I was raised by my grandmother, my aunt who that taught me this stuff. Have you ever seen a time where I'm with an elder? And I don't defer. No, no, you always defer. You Why? Always. Because the Bible says if you honor your parents, you honor your elders, there's a blessing that comes with it. And that honor doesn't mean I've seen you at times where an elder may have said something that was totally wrong. And I've seen you pause and rearrange your language yes, to speak baby. to them in a way that you wouldn't have with a peer. Not that you just gave in and said, okay, you say it's right when I know it's wrong, but it was never, it's never, it's always about this thing of honor. It's always been about this thing of honor. No, it's, it, and, and, and I believe that honor sustains your life. Honor opens doors. And really, if you look at, if we get ready to give our offering today, or maybe, but, but as we do that, if you want to rededicate your life, then you need to put in the comments today, I'm rededicating. But um, I was thinking about this. Here's what happened. Saul, the Bible, Samuel says to Saul, if you had stayed small in your own eyes, mm. if you had stayed small in your own eyes, when Saul doesn't know where his family's 
goats or sheep or whatever are. He is so excited that that um, that Samuel speaks to him, mm -hmm. that Samuel releases prophets, prophecy on him and all of this stuff. But he gets to be king for a little while. Come oh, on, we God. see these people rededicating. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, welcome God. back. But he gets to the point where he begins. Now, this is what the old folks used to call it for teens. You smelling yourself. Mm -hmm. Saul got to the stop. Who, who mama, grandmama said that you smelling yourself? When people start saying language like that, it means you're leaving dishonor. Mm -hmm. It means you're leaving obedience. Mm -hmm. It means you're living, leaving respect. It means you now believe that you're so grown that you don't owe those things, right? And, so, and, and Samuel says to Saul, it's my favorite line in it. When you were small in, in your, your own eyes, eyes, God could do something with mm -hmm. you. When you get big in your own eyes, and one of the ways you know you're big in your own eyes is you disobedient. Yeah. Disobedient people are big in their own eyes. And be eyes. clear, partial obedience is still disobedience. It is still disobedience. It is still disobedience. And, um, and so Saul literally loses the inheritance that belongs to him because he got big in his own The Bible eyes. says he got repented. God repented. Forever making him king. And he stripped the kingdom from him. He stripped it from him. And, and, and then he goes back and begs Samuel to say, can you ask God, is there any way we can have a redo? <laughs> is there any way we can do this again? Will it give me another opportunity? And the Bible says, and Samuel told him, no, no, no. This is, God has spoken it is over. And I said to the people at the huddle, you have to be careful because there are times that God will give you a chance to do some things over. But there will also come opportunities that your disobedience creates situations that you cannot undo. There are, there are times that your disobedience will create situations that simply cannot be undone. And you have to be careful about that. <sighs> Come on, I think we should just pray right now. Anybody like, Lord, I just want to repent. Baby, I these folks still saying I'm not grown. No, really. I'm telling you, you better settle in your heart. You ain't grown. And, and listen, Pastor will be laughing at me and Pastor Chris, but you better be like us. Like, I'm just going to get saved again just to be sure. <laughs> that is not saying we think salvation is taken. It is taken from us. It is to say we don't want to disappoint. Mm -hmm. We don't want to deceive ourselves that we are something with God that we are not. I agree with Pastor Raph about this. I, I don't want to. I don't want to act in any kind of way. It's going to have God repenting that He has called me to do something, or to say something, or to establish something, or to go a certain way. I don't want God saying, "I repent for having even asked Edwin to do that." I do not want God feeling that way about me. That's just me personally. Okay. Kenya says, how do you know if you're getting a redo? I think that's a good question. I want you to think about it like this. If you had a high profile job and you didn't manage that job well and you got fired from that job, that doesn't mean that God is never going to give you a job mm. again or never give you an opportunity. It means that one is gone. Mm. It means that one is gone. Now, Saul could have still been a good person. Mm -hmm. He could have still had some he great He just wasn't going to never be king of Israel no more. He never be king no more. Right. Right. He went on never be king no more. Right. And some of y'all know what that's like in relationships because when the person finally came around, you was done. Oh, when a woman's fed up. Oh, when, <laughs> when the person when the person finally came around, it, it when they was crying and they sorry and they ready to put all the skin in the game. You like, no, nah, child, I'm gonna have to let yeah. you ease on down. You and, and it may be that you get to go on and find love the next time, but it's not necessarily with that person over. It's not with that person, but it could be that you don't ever find it again. I want to be clear on that. It ain't just that, oh, I missed, I, I, I mismanaged this high profile job.
I'll get another. There are, I know some superintendents who mismanage their, in their position. They will never be superintendents again. They will never be because of how they handle it. They don't get a do-over. There are sometimes you get a do-over, but there are some mistakes you make through disobedience that you simply do not get a chance to do that over again. And a great example would be this. If you go out and get drunk and you kill somebody because you under the influence, mm -hmm. the Lord will be with you in prison, mm -hmm. but it don't mean you're not going to prison. Mm -hmm. And I think we It'll have be jailhouse to Jesus, but he'll be there. He I think we there. have to stop creating this Christianity that suggests to people that because God loves you, there are no consequences for your disobedience. Absolutely. Many times there are consequences. Here, here's a great example. There were things we said to each other that fragmented the relationship, yes. right? Yes. Now, God worked it through it, but we both had to sit under the fire of what of using our words in that way. That's right. Now, thankfully, you were gracious enough. And I was gracious enough to say we still believe what God said. Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is we both had to walk through what it was like to have have to have broken that trust. Yeah. And I just, do y'all feel like people don't really understand that? That it's like, oh, if Jesus loves me, if Jesus loves me, then there's always going to be a rescue. If Jesus is, if Jesus loves me, then I can do whatever I want to do and he's going to make a way out of no way. And Becky, that's, I think that's a very good thing you say. You say when you've had to be grown since you were 17, the truth of it is, is that you probably really don't know how to trust God and that's okay. What God needs you to say is, I don't know how to trust you, but I'm willing to learn. Yeah. And the way that you learn is following those simple instructions yeah. and following after those God has assigned to lead you. Yeah. That's how you do it. See, God is never upset with us never. because of the injury that somebody else created mm -hmm. that fragmented our relationship with him. But God is always saying to us, I don't care who fragmented the relationship. Come here and let me teach you how to be my child. Amen. Does that make sense, God? That's it, girl. That's it. Does that make sense? That's it. All right. So, you know, we have um, announcements. There will be no strategies for success tomorrow, but we will be back at prayer on Tuesday. And no healing school tomorrow, right? Oh. No, because that's oh, what, no, yes. No, so no healing no school healing tomorrow. School. But we do have. Um, I love it. She said, I don't know how to trust God, but I'm willing to be taught. That's mm -hmm. the starting point. Mm -hmm. Because see, Becky, God can speak your language. Mm -hmm. He just needs you to listen. Yeah. He, it, God has an IEP plan for every single for one all, of we us. All and we all need an IEP. One. He can speak to every one of us, but we have to own it. And the measure is going to come, Becky, when you want to go left and God says go right. Yeah. And you may have to go right crying. But if you do it consistently, you'll get to the point that you will know that you can trust God. With and I've not been right crying. I've I, right I, I share my tell. I've been. I've had to obey God when I when everything in me was screaming. I didn't want to, especially in terms of forgiving people and, and those kind of things, and having to do things in leadership where I just wanted to really do it my way because I felt like my way would really teach some folks some stuff that they wouldn't ever do that again. And the Lord was like, "You cannot handle my children that way." And, so, and you just have to go right crying, but it, but he'll help you. And so, um, yeah, so there is no, I, I love all these people saying, I don't know how to trust you, but I'm ready to put skin in the game. Amen. You're going to learn, hear me, guys, 
you're gonna learn to trust God in the small things. It's the practice. It's the practice. It's, the practice. it's in the small things, guys. It's gonna be in the thing where he say, don't eat that right now. It's gonna be the thing where he say, what you looking for is at Target, not at Walmart, or at Walmart, not at Target. You're, he's gonna teach you in the small things. And if you, and it's like any other relationship. The reason I can trust you with big decisions is that I learned how to trust you with small decisions. But you got to give God the opportunity. He is not upset because you don't know. His disappointment is when you won't surrender. Yeah, so he so, can teach you. So he can teach you. So in your rebellion, the devil keep whooping your tail. That's it. That's it. Okay, so we're not having anything on Monday. I want everybody to pray for um, Minister Chandra. She is on her way to South Africa. She should be landing just a little bit. She should be I landing Chris in just is still a little tracking bit. Her. So I want everybody <laughs> to keep um, Minister Chandra in your prayers. You know she keeps us all covered in her yes. prayers. So we're going to cover in her prayers that she has an amazing trip, a God-ordained trip, everything that God Where wants she going, her to South get, Africa? South Africa. That everything she God wants to her to get in this trip that she gets. And so, and then we will have prayer on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central. We will have prayer on 8 p at Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Central. And then we will have Ignite on Saturday, on Wednesday, Wednesday. at 7 p.m. And Victory Zone is on demand. Get your babies in Victory Zone. And then Pastor Ralph is going to be coming, teaching us for Fresh Bible at Bible Study at 8 p.m. Central. And then we're going to have prayer at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time on Friday morning. And then we're going to come back. Pastor Chris and Elder Valley will be here at 9 a.m. And then we will be teaching at 930. And we are asking you that if it's at all possible, even if that means you got to be at a, on a soccer field with an earbud in your ear, that you would show up for these services and begin to discipline yourself. Amen. We are also asking all of our partners who live within driving distance to get to the huddle on September 25th. That, that is a part of the sacrifice that you make to say, my church gathers once a month. I'm going to get here. I'm going to make it a priority. I said the other day, I said, we don't mind being fanatics. People drive all over this country doing football season. People take play, they fly. They go all, all over, over for a weekend game. For a weekend game. For at the end of the day, that whether they win or lose doesn't impact your life yep. in one way. We want a church that will grow up and say, you know what? Here's what I'm willing to do. I am willing to spend a weekend and rearrange my schedule yep. in order to join with my church live once a month. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for partners that are willing to grow up. Yep. Now, listen, if you rededicated your life this week, we you can put it in the comments. You can send Pastor Ellen or I, um, Pastor Chris, a message and let us know that you rededicated. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time, then you can send us a message or you can put that in the comments today. It's our opportunity to give. And we love to give at Fellowship of Champions. We love to give at Fellowship of Champions. And we are so thankful for all of our partners who are faithful givers. We're so thankful for it because the truth of it is, it is your giving that allows us to be a blessing to these students that are in school, to so many people, to so many things that are happening. And we just appreciate you for that. Amen. And so it's your opportunity to give. Something supernatural happens when we give. So that's the teaching for today. Amen. We hope y'all got something out of it. But more importantly, we hope you live better this week. 
We hope you begin to demand of yourself every day. I'm going to obey God. And don't forget, you know, during the week, if you feel like, you know, man, I need to refresh on that. You can always go back and you can go to the, if you haven't joined the Facebook, I mean, you should have, but if you haven't joined our Facebook, um, Facebook page, go, go join it. You know, you can sit there and scroll through and listen to it. I miss prayer one. Uh, I don't know if it was a Tuesday night or something that recently that I wasn't able to be on. I think it was on vacation. Uh, but I went back and still listened to it because I'm responsible for that word. And I want to tell you something. YouTube is the easiest way to see them all. Yeah. If you go to YouTube, I love it. Becky said, I'm going to live better and obey God. Becky, your life will be the better for Amen. it. Your life will be the better for it because God is not calling us into just being good people. He has destiny and purpose for you, Becky. There's so many ways that he wants to operate in your life, through your life, and for your life. But he needs your surrender. Yep. He needs your surrender. And yes, it can feel scary to surrender. But let me tell you something. On the other side of it, you'll be so glad you did. Yes. All right. We love you guys. We love you. We will see. Oh, yeah. Trinique said the podcast. You can also do the podcast yeah. if you don't want to do YouTube. Yeah, subscribe. Um, to, it's just scroll on the bottom. All the different ones we have available. Some of the ones. We have many more than that, I think. But, you know, iTunes and Google and Spotify, and YouTube. They're we all have there. all these places that you We can make the word. the word available. That even if you have to miss, we understand that sometimes you have to miss. You know, we don't we don't tell people don't ever go on vacation because you're going to miss a word. No, go on vacation. Enjoy your family. Just know that when you get back, you got to catch up. You got to catch That's up. That's what I did. As a, even though I, well, you mean pastor as the pastor of the church? Yes, because I don't want to miss. I, I made a commitment not to miss a service. So if I miss it in, in, in real time, I go back and listen to the replay, whether that's prayer, whether that's a teaching. Well, I haven't missed worship, but you know, he was laughing at me because well, I mean I was on vacation. But hey, I'm a, I, I, I tune in, right? Because <laughs> I'm it's, it's what our commitment is. I didn't. I listened when I got back. <laughs> I stayed asleep. <laughs> All right, we love y'all. Y'all have an amazing week. Um, connect somebody to FOC. Do the things that you're supposed to do, and we'll see you Tuesday night for prayer. Don't God forget bless. our huddle on the 25th. God, God bless you.